We have a beautiful, beautiful gospel passage today. This is part of Jesus' long farewell discourse at the Last Supper in the Gospel of John. These are his final instructions to the disciples, how to carry on the faith after he is gone. We always hear from part of this discourse at this time of the year as we get ready for next weekend's Feast of the Ascension. But it's really appropriate for us here at Tennessee in a few different ways. We just had commencement. And I'm sure there were a lot of professors agonizing about final instructions to give their students before they went out to start their careers and say, yeah, I learned everything from that guy. Also, it's Mother's Day weekend. And I, my impression is that most, most of the women in our lives have spent a lot of agony trying to figure out how to instruct us when we go out into the world. We will also have some baptisms at tomorrow's 11-15 uh, Mass, so we will really celebrate uh, Mother's Day then. One day when I was in college, and I don't remember if it was 21 years ago or seven or 18 years ago, it must have been a multiple of three because it had to do with this lectionary cycle. I was at a rehearsal for the music ministry in college and our director introduced a newly published piece by a guy, I know how to spell his name out and how to pronounce it. I'm going to try it. Michael Guimont. It's probably more French than that. Um, and the refrain is based on today's gospel passage. I thought it was beautiful, but I was confused. When would this be appropriate to sing at Mass? Well, perhaps on Holy Thursday during the washing of the feet. Perhaps at a funeral of someone like a police officer who had died in the line of duty. But when else would it be appropriate to sing a song about laying down one's life? The pianist just looked at me and she said, this is perfectly appropriate for a wedding. She said, my parents each see each other as... The be their, their best friends, and at their wedding they pledge to give their lives to one another. It shows how I was such an unromantic clod in my early 20s. <laughs> and this is the punchline you hear all the time, and that's why he went to the seminary. <laughs> you can use that with almost anything, that you, with a guy who goes into the priesthood. The verses of the song were obviously for a wedding. They were quotations of the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13. You probably know that. It includes, love is patient, love is kind. On the night before he died, Jesus gave us instructions that include a very odd juxtaposition. He gave the new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. And the very next sentence is, no greater love than to lay down one's life for a friend. It's natural to think, as I did, that the only way to lay down one's life was by being martyred in a way similar to Christ. But that's simply not true. Jesus' great commandment is not just fulfilled through martyrdom. The commandment is about placing other people's concerns at the center of our concerns. Hellenistic culture in the time of Jesus was very much like our society today, with the idea that success was when you had complete control, that you could do whatever you wanted, and you only had to think about yourself. Much of the New Testament can be understood as letters ex refuting that worldview, explaining the day-to-day -day ways to live out this commandment of loving one another.
For example, Paul's beautiful passage on love is patient, love is kind, is not about marriage. He is at the end of a three-chapter argument about the Corinthian Christian community who were being very selfish and divisive. Elsewhere in the epistles, we have those places that uh, people always say, oh, you're a Paulist. Well, I really hate what St. Paul wrote about husbands and wives. And what I say to them is the most radical sentence in that whole set of instructions is, husbands, love your wives. Because in Hellenistic culture, husbands did not love their wives. They loved their mistresses. I think Jesus' invitation for us to lay down our lives for one another applies to a whole range of commitments and covenants. Commitments and covenants. And since Father Don is not preaching this weekend, I figured he doesn't have any masses. I had to tell a joke like he does. What's the difference between involvement and commitment? In a ham and eggs breakfast, the chicken is involved, but the pig is committed. (laughs) There's a reason why I don't preach that way. It just doesn't sound right coming from me. He does it much better. Commitment, covenant, not just involvement. I interact with a whole variety of married couples and with couples who are preparing for marriage. And many of them see their relationship as a covenantal commitment. But there are a few others I've come across who see marriage as merely being involved with someone else. It's a legal contract to follow until one or the other no longer feels that they want to be involved with the other. In academics, we've all seen people who truly pour out their lives for the sake of their students. But most of us probably know a teacher or two who seems to just see teaching as a job to collect a a paycheck. In the past week, in my quest to be organized this summer, check in with me on August 13th to see how I did, um, I was looking back on many of the cards and notes I received at my ordination three years ago. And I was shocked this week to read, as I was shocked back then three years ago, to see how many of the cards mentioned the word sacrifice or or the phrase giving your life. But if I sit and pray about it, yes, I definitely have pledged to live a life that is centered on the needs of others. For me, I feel the most fulfilled when someone else is sharing their story with me. When I wear my Roman collar in public, I am witnessing that for me it makes sense to live this consecrated life, to consecrate my life to God and to consecrate my life to others. Now that classes are over, I have a homework assignment for everyone. Yeah, this happened last year too and I gave you a couple chances. I'm not planning to preach on this again. This is a one-time assignment, okay? It's not like that... Pray about the Holy Spirit for a month and some of you still didn't do it. One chance. This is for those who are in school, those who are recently graduated, those who are well-established in their careers, and those who are retired. People who are single, people who are engaged, people who are married. All of you. Pray this week on these following three questions. One, do I lay down my life for others? Two, Do I live a life that is other-centered? Three, 
Do I love others as Christ has loved me? Do I lay down my life for others? One person is taking notes, so I'll repeat it. Do I lay down my life for others? Do I live a life that is other-centered? Do I love others as Christ has loved me? And yes, these have been posted on my Facebook page. If we answer these questions, yes. We have already discovered the wisdom of our second reading today. In loving others, we better realize how deeply God loves us.